Rejoice, losers! You can finally call the Doki Doki of your hearts as episode 8 of the Loser Cartoons podcast is finally here. It's your boy, Phantom, and through the power of the moon, friendship, and the cum stains on countless body pillows, I summon my co-host, the suave Sam. What's up? Unbeatable Flora. Hey. And Kaniki too, I guess. Okay, so no adjective for me, fuckhole. Fight fire with fire, baby. Before we begin, go ahead and like and subscribe to us on whatever streaming service you are using. So today, get your tissues ready for the tearjerkers and sad boy animes. Sorry if you hoped I was about to say hentai, but don't worry, that episode is in the works. You all know what I'm talking about, the angel that beats our feels to a pulp, the tears on the flower we saw that day, and of course, our sobs that cover the silent voices out there. Sometimes you just want some ice cream and something to cry to besides your own problems. We're here today to talk about some anime that made us curl up in a ball, and other others that just made us say, that was cool, I guess. First, we'll lead off with discussing how masochistic we each are as I ask my co-hosts, are you a fan of anime that makes you weep? I'm absolutely a fan. Sometimes you just need to cry and just get invested in like the characters' lives and their own emotions. So yeah. God could not agree with that more. There's there's just there's something about and it also comes with being in a certain mood with watching a sad anime to where it just it makes you feel like <laughs> this is gonna sound really weird it makes you feel alive like it makes you feel emotions that like you really don't get in just you know your normal day-to-day life and it's it's something that when you find that show specifically when you find a show that you didn't expect to be a sad anime and it just rips your heart open it's it's such a a good bad feeling if that makes any sense at all i have to be in a very specific mood to want to watch that shit like i can't be too happy and i can't be too depressed it's got to be like that damn like i really want to feel like shit today (laughs) like type of mood you know what i mean and it's like, for how emotional of a person I am in real life, I found through the journey of watching this sad shit in preparation for this episode that it is quite tough to make me cry, which we'll get into a little bit later. But I personally, you know, to the degree, agree with Sam in the sense that there's something so beautiful about sadness and pain that makes us uniquely human and that's why i appreciate the emotion for what it is for sure i find sad anime cleansing in a way like after a good sob or whatever i just feel like cool afterwards (laughs) i mean that's kind of weird to say but it's like oh yeah i got excess emotion out and whatnot I recall you in a previous episode saying that you generally watch anime to be happy. You're not really, like, big on being sad. Is that not the case? No. Um, which episode are you referring to? If it was the uh, uh, Isekai episode, I sometimes use it as escapism, but that doesn't mean I always want to use it as escapism. I see. I mean, I just feel like there's like a certain catharsis involved with watching sad anime, you know? I tend to find also what I like about them is how like, okay, we all know there's a stigma against anime from like non-anime watchers where it's like all anime is about like, uh, you know, magical powers and like Sailor Moon and shit. And I just think that like- Don't forget the boobs. Yeah, don't do not, do not forget about the anime titties. <laughs> okay, and titties, fucking perverts. But when I find myself like getting my mom into anime because she's watched Great Pretender, Erased, and Attack on Titan, and while Attack on Titan is, I think, great, it might have been just a little bit too much for her brain to handle. Basically, my point is, is I feel like the sad anime are perfect for they they seem a little bit more like akin to like normal people shows, for lack of a better word. And I find myself thinking, damn, I think my mom would like this. 
Well, you got to think about it this way. It's like, what are some of the most popular at least when it comes to just like a very generic audience? It's like very much romance or rom-com-esque shows because that's more of a human aspect and not necessarily like, you know, an artistic aspect that shonen is that's more towards the east versus you know here in the west i wouldn't really call a lot of the things we watch romance though specifically no but i feel like for most of the for most of them like there is romance aspect in that and the the lack of the not necessarily the lack of the progression but the lack of that romance coming together is a lot of what a lot of these shows pull at for like the the emotional tearing at the heart like that's that's what they play off of i i don't know i think i might have to disagree a little bit just because the animes that really made me cry pulled more on the different forms of relationship rather than just the romance aspect and the most prevalent example that's coming to mind at the moment is i want to eat your pancreas that made me ball my fucking eyes now and they had a complicated relationship some of it was like are we romance partners and the end answer was no they were not uh, they had a very unique kind of give and take relationship I definitely get where you're coming from, Sam, because a lot of the West, yes, draws on that romance to be sad. Like, take Titanic, one of the highest grossing movies of all time. Romance aspect, sad aspect, even though I didn't cry at it, personally. <laughs> Partly because you know how it ends. Damn, but, I bawled. <laughs> but... On the flip side, with I want to eat your pancreas, you know how it ends. And I still bawled my eyes out. <laughs> Which I think is a, is a super interesting dynamic that a lot of these sad animes have played into. And I saw it used, and I didn't really notice it, because I've watched a bunch of sad anime before, but I binged a bunch of them recently. And in the ones I binged recently, I didn't realize how much this was used but the trope of basically presenting that a character is dead or is going to die at the start of the show and then fulfilling that at the end of the show was a lot more common than I remember or I even expected. Yeah, wholeheartedly agree with that. I, I agree too. Like, I noticed that too. And when I was watching I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, I'm like, okay, I know this person's going to die. What are they going to do with it? And I think that's part of the reason why they do it. It's just to, see, to make you have that expectation and then wow you with how it comes about. I also think that when they like introduce a character that you know is going to die or is dying, whatever, and like throughout the course of like the episodes, it allows them to like explore like the personal relationships with this character and the like emotions revolving around them like much deeper than in a situation where you might not know that they're dying just yet, you know? Um, and it's like, you know it's coming, and because you know it's coming, you feel like a deeper like sense of connection, if that makes sense. Which is interesting. That's what I actually really appreciated about uh, I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, is that with most other shows, Yes, it does play on the fact that you know that they're going to die, and that's how they're able to like explore those relationships deeper. However, the fact that I Want to Eat Your Pancreas had a little bait-and-switch at the end, like <laughs> it, you were already emotionally on edge because you knew it was coming. Yeah. And then they throw that curveball in on you, and you're just not prepared at all. It's like you, re you realize that like you thought, you thought you were prepared for this death, but when they throw that curveball at you, are like, oh, oh no, I was not prepared at all. And then what it did, what that did for that movie specifically, was it left a much larger amount of time to uh, explore the characters post-death, or post the main character's death, 
uh-huh. and explore their relationships together, which was something that I didn't see any of these other shows do. Not nearly to the degree that I Want to Eat Your Pancreas did. And I thought that was magnificent. Okay, so let me first ask all of you guys this that watched I Want to Eat Your Pancreas. Did the manner of her death surprise you? Like, did it throw you for a loop? Wait, what do you mean by manner of her death? Like, the fact that she was stabbed to death. Like, were you like, oh man, I can't believe, like, that's how she died instead of, like, from her pancreatic oh. disease? Yeah, that was, like, oh, a major in, shock to me. In hindsight, I was like, oh, of course it did that because they did foreshadow it a little bit mm-hmm. earlier. And the moment it happened, I'm like, oh no, they foreshadowed that. But yeah. it still, like, came in like a left hook. And I was just like, oh no. Did I did I miss the foreshadowing? What so, like I know okay. I know there was the scene with like where they were talking about wanting to go to to the ocean. He and the the dude was like, I think that might have triggered a red flag, right? But I didn't. Other than that, no. I, I didn't it was know. it was one of the scenes, and a TV was on, and it just yeah. mentioned a murderer on the loose. Like, yeah, and let me tell you what, <laughs> Phantom. That oh. I actually that was the moment that. And I'm not, I'm not like, oh man, I'm so fucking smart. But like, I actually knew that, that like, as soon as they mentioned a murderer, I was like, oh, so that's what's going to happen. So it wasn't a shock to me. It still like hit hard, but it wasn't a shock. But in terms of what Sam was talking about, I think was a really great point because when I actually cried real tears was watching the grieving process. Oh, for sure. Like I probably sobbed five separate times (laughs) watching that movie and three of those times were in the last 20 minutes (laughs) (laughs) uh it was just talking about so unfair and i must say that like you know i i told sam about this a little bit i wish that the animation of this movie got the animation like violet evergarden i think it would have like Oh, just been so beautiful and oh hit so God. much harder, dude. Which I need to talk to you about that real quick. What? Okay, you had hold said on, that dude. Let me finish you... my. Let me finish my sentence. All right. <laughs> it is my favorite movie now. That's it. I just wish the animation was prettier. All right. Okay, so you had said that before I had watched the movie yet, right? So I was expecting to come into this movie now. Given. It may have been because I just started, I watched this movie shortly after watching Grave of the Fireflies, which is a movie made back in the 80s. Right. But, but, watching that movie, and then also watching uh, Ride Your Wave, which is phenomenal animation, and you have to agree with that, right after, they're like, almost neck and neck. Like, no. I don't no. know what, I don't know what you were watching. I Want to Eat Your Pancreas had beautiful art. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't eat your pancreas had good art. Like I don't think it was incredible like Violet Evergarden was. Okay, let me and ask I you this. I find Violet was Evergarden it... to be neck and neck with your name. Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Was it the characters or was it the backdrops? Both. Really? Yeah. Well, like, let I me will... tell you what. Let me tell you what. The backgrounds, like the landscape was better than the characters. Okay. At least we can agree on that. Because, like, look, I get it if you don't like the character design and, like, maybe the character movement could have been a little bit more fluid. Sure. But the backgrounds, I will die on this hill. Those were gorgeous. Like, no, they're not on the level of your name. They're not on the level of your name. It's fucking Makoto Shinkai. That is literally his staple is drawing, like, literal nature. It is god tiered. There is no okay. matching that. Okay, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Yeah, you're right. Shinkai Films got it. Here's the thing. And Violet Evergarden included, because like I said, I find Violet Evergarden to be on par with your name. Okay, you can see the emotion, like in Violet Evergarden, in your name, in their faces. For animated characters, that's kind of fucking insane. And same for the landscaping too. They put more emotion in the landscape than what exists in real life. And I just didn't feel that. And I want to eat your pancreas. All right. Yeah. You had Except me. When cherry you had blossoms. Me, like you the had cherry me blossoms. In the first half, Chief. <laughs> you had me. You lost me in the second half. What the fuck does it mean for a background to have emotion? Like, invoke what? emotion. 
like for example, like when you were watching I Wanna Eat Your Pancreas, when there was the scene with the cherry blossoms, that didn't evoke emotion in you because of how like beautiful and connected it was. Yes. But at the same time, the backdrop of the girl's house when he was grieving with the girl's mother at the end, that that wasn't a specifically emotional backdrop, but it was still emotional nonetheless. I I'm I, I'm, I, I guess I'm confused as to why the backdrops make the scene more emotional. Like, it can make it prettier, but to me, the emotions have to do with the characters, the interaction, the dialogue, and the music. I think it's all of it, dude. <laughs> yeah, atmospheric. Like, I get where Kaniki's coming from. It is a bit more atmospheric. Like, that one scene where, you know, the sketchy scene where... He gets a little creepy there a little bit, but then afterwards, like, it's raining, and the dude starts beating him up, and it's, like, raining, it's gray, it's this low point, and it's all, the colors are muted. There's, There's something to that. There's something to rainy day blues. There's something to just that feeling of a dark atmosphere. Right, okay. So I get where Kaniki's getting so w- would that not then be a great example of how I Want to Eat Your Pancreas did a good job of that? Yes. <laughs> so that, that, that's, that's, okay. my point. that's That's why I differ. We talking about like mundane things, and I know that like your name is on a different level, but I do think that, like I said, Violet Evergarden matched it. Like in your name, even when they put a bowl of ramen on the table, and we see that bowl of ramen, it makes me feel emotion. Just a mundane bowl of ramen. There's no characters talking necessarily, but just the beauty of that scene signifying like what happens around that bowl of ramen invokes emotion. And I feel like during the more mundane parts of I Want to Eat Your Pancreas, I could have been given a little bit more. Not just in the super emotionally charged parts, because ultimately, like... Like, the scene that Phantom just talked about, I mean, you know, part of not just the muted tones in the gray, but also the character interaction was making that scene beautiful. But I'm saying outside of those intense moments, I just want a little bit more. And that has to do with the animation quality. Like, I think it's good animation. I just don't think it's great. I, I would have to disagree with you there. And I think it's a matter of personal taste. I don't want an emotional anime that's 100% emotion all the time because I'd get worn out. Like, what I Want to Eat Your Pancreas did very well, in my opinion, is is the ebb and flow. It's like, okay, lull you in, and then, like, a tide just bowl you over with emotions. Like, okay, come back, calm, and then do it again. Slap you across the face. Well, I don't mean just sad <laughs> emotions. I mean all kinds. I want to eat your pancreas wasn't all sad. I know. Near the end, it was super sweet. I know, but you were saying that, like, you disagree because you wouldn't want sadness all the time, but I'm not saying that, like... Uh, No, I said I wouldn't want high emotions all the time. I see. Well, at least that's what I meant. Okay. Because I, as an invested viewer, would get worn out. Like, I need that lull to be like, okay, I'm okay, recollect myself. And then, bam, get slapped with emotion again. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like it's like that one meme of the the dudes the dudes fighting. It's like let him get up, let him get up, let him get up. <laughs> Keep beating the shit out of him back yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so we've been talking about this a bunch. Violet Evergarden. Yes. Thoughts. Absolutely fucking stunningly gorgeous animation that I still don't know how it was even physically possible for them to make that in a weekly show. Uh, if if those episodes weren't all fully created beforehand, which most anime don't do that, if people don't know that, then I I, I physically do not know how that would even be possible to be able to make something that gorgeous. And then as far as the emotions go on that show. Me personally, few episodes definitely got teary eyed, cried at one or two of them, and which is something I wanted to discuss. Who here has watched Violet Evergarden? 
Me. So just you. Okay. Wait, seriously, Phantom Flora, you guys didn't watch Violet Evergarden? I was too busy with Anohana. <laughs> okay. I wanted to get reinvested. Okay. Well, then this could this we could can be talk quick. about that later. <laughs> this this can be this can be quick done. Okay, because I wanted to discuss this with you, Kaniki, specifically. Ah, shit. All right. <laughs> episode episode ten. Yeah. I believe it's episode ten. So the way Violet Evergarden works for anyone that doesn't know, it's basically a, each episode is like a short story because Violet will go to a different customer that she's trying to help scribe a letter to. So this episode specifically, she's scribing a letter to a mother who is dying, who wants to write letters for her daughter into the future, right? For like years to come, she's going to have letters for her birthday every single year for years to come. 50 years, yeah. How, how in the sweet fucking hell did you not ball your goddamn eyes out at that episode? I literally Explain don't Explain yourself. Like, because it was like, okay, listen, shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> and let me tell you guys, this motherfucker called me a cold-hearted bitch when I told him that. I Wait, did. I was upset. <laughs> like, dude, come on, dude. All right. I did not cry, like, tears, like, not even teary-eyed for any of the episodes. I just want to get that out there. Like, during the Soldier episode, I felt, like, slight burning behind my eyes. But really, like, okay, and it was a really sad show. So, like, in hindsight, I probably should have cried. But when it comes to that episode specifically, dude, I think that it was just, I don't know, like, I was just so, like, happy that her mother left something behind. I don't know. I was I was just like, damn, like, what a great mom. That's a great idea. It's really sad they didn't get that time together, you know? No, it, it wasn't necessarily that I was sad about the mother's death or, like, the letters themselves. The sadness I felt was the pain that I felt for the daughter having to read these going forward and not like her being too young to understand what was going on and the pain that she had to do growing up uh, to like grow growing up. And then as she matures, fully understanding the situation she was in with her mother, like that's, that's what hurt me the most. Oh, it fucking hurts, dude. It hurts like a knife to the gut, dude. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what I was on. I don't either. <laughs> like, because I was like, I so I watched the whole thing in a day, and I don't know, maybe I just wasn't in the mood. But right. it's one of my favorite series. I think I I think I gave it a nine or a ten out of ten. Well, side note for you on that: watch the movies as well, because those are because those are also really good. I will. I mean, we can keep talking about what didn't make us cry, because. I watched I just, yeah. Grave of the Fireflies, and I think I talked to Sam about it, too. And Kaniki said she bawled. Or was it Forest of the Fireflies? Or That's Forest of the Fireflies. Forest yeah, of the for, Fireflies. Yeah. yeah my bad. Or no, it's called Mixing Into up my fireflies. the Forest of Fireflies. Yeah. Yeah. And Kaniki told us, oh, this is going to wreck you. I was not okay for hours, blah, blah. And I watched it, and I was like, that was sweet. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay, here's why I'm triggered. Okay. And I know what <laughs> Sam's going to fucking say. Okay. And I'll let him say it when I'm done. All right. All right. I have never felt that amount of pain in my entire life. Like, literally, not like I can't think of any event in my life that made me feel as horrible as that movie did in a good way. I was screaming in my room, like, scream sobbing. Like, <laughs> like seriously so dramatic and I just kept thinking to myself over and over seriously it was so dramatic I was like life isn't fair why do bad things happen to good people <laughs> ah! and I just like and I just was for I cried for like I shit you not two hours dude I came out in the living room saw Flora got a glass of water started crying again ran back into my bedroom and cried for another fucking 45 minutes I mean, it did make me cry a little, but like I wasn't I wasn't as destroyed as I was when I first watched um the flower I saw that day or Anahana, whatever it's called. Oh, yes. That killed me. 
I was I was yeah. not okay. And watching it the second time, I was still not okay. Oh, the second time I was worse. <laughs> Cause I watched it years ago and then Same. I rewatched it for this. And yeah, I was even worse because I realized I forgot how it really ended. So I re-experienced that again <laughs> as I'm watching thing. it for the first time. That's fucking brutal, <laughs> honestly. I I do not wish that upon my worst enemy. <laughs> because I was like, oh yeah, it ends at the fireworks, right? I was like, wrong. I was like, oh no, I forgot. <laughs> it <laughs> nope. doesn't end at the firework. <laughs> I didn't like it, and I didn't think it was sad at all. Get the fuck out of here. Oh like, my god. Yep, yep. Swear to fucking mm, god. I'm gonna be mad at you for weeks for this. Like, get out of here. Kaniki, like, you are a you are a one-man army taking <laughs> taking on the entire anime community oh. right now. Let's go ahead and hear this argument. Go I, for it. I I can't give you an argument. It's just my feelings. Yep. As soon as I started watching it, I was like, oh, this is fucking stupid. The character's annoying. And it wasn't sad. Like, she might have been dead, but she was fucking there the whole time. The only thing that was, like, pathetic is, like, watching these kids, like, one of them's fucking wearing her outfit at nighttime, which I was like, oh, God. The other one's a cold-hearted bitch just trying to study for exams. One of them's a wannabe, and the other's a fucking hermit. And I was like, it, I get, it, the only thing is that it was, I guess it was kind of sad, like, how destroyed these kids were after her death, but at the same time, I wasn't really sad, because I was just kind of like, are you serious? And then the ending... So I got to episode 8, like, watched it all the way to episode 8, and I was like, I can't do this anymore. So I just skipped to the last episode and watched the last you episode. You can't do that! Oh my goodness. Yeah, that you is just, that's disrespectful. That. That's disrespectful. I, so well, you missed the fireworks missed the episode. whole build-up. No, I miss. I saw part of the fireworks thing, and then it was like, they did the fireworks, and they went off, and that wasn't her wish. I don't know, no. and it just like felt really you wrong. Like this so bitch came much. back from the dead five years later to ruin their lives for a period of time. Show. Okay, well, you I, from, I, you guys everything. are lucky. I watched that much. Swear to God, I almost quit after oh, episode fuck. three. <laughs> God, all right, cool. Can we cancel Kaniki? Like, I would have rather you stopped early than do that shit. Like, that's just disrespectful. Well, everyone was like. The last episode's the sad one, and I was like, "All right, like let's yes. see yeah, because it. Of, like, you have to have up. everything before that." <laughs> I had pretty much everything before. No, that. You no, didn't. no, you, you did didn't. not. You missed Gene Tuz uh, working, like him trying to do his best for that. I his saw internal that. turmoil. I literally his saw that. Working two jobs consistently. Yes. The others, like. The the blow up with the parents, the yeah, how the dad kept them from buying fireworks, and the mom was like, "You need to stop doing this shit." I saw the shit, and then when it was over, I was like, "Thank God this is over." Well, we're all entitled to our own opinions, however wrong (laughs) they may be. However, very wrong they may be. I just, I mean, I'm an empathetic person, just to like collective trauma that they all did and that scene in the last episode where they're in the graveyard or the shrine. It's the shrine. And they're just talking about how they all all selfishly wanted to grant the wish and how that was wrong. Like, it was so raw and just... Ugh. (sighs) Okay. Well... Hey, I knew you guys were gonna say that I'm not an empathetic person because of the I, I didn't say you're not. I, I didn't say you're not an like, empathetic person. From the get-go, just did not connect with the characters. And I think that that was a big problem. I can appreciate, though, like, the trauma and, like, the journey that they all went through together. Like, I can appreciate that. I just... For some reason, I couldn't find it sad because I just, I didn't like the characters. You know what? I'm going to suggest this. Whenever it is that you feel is the time that you just need to cry, give it a rewatch. I feel like for some reason there was some block in your head that you just could not get into it. 
just get just don't give up on it completely whether it's a month a year five years ten years from now i don't care whenever you feel like it is the time give it another chance because it is just 11 episodes right that's all i ask all right all right so moving past anohana but sticking to a similar topic obviously you did not find that show sad but kaniki specifically what show did you find was the saddest show you had ever watched like series or movie included both just anime in general i already told you it's gotta be hotarubi no mori a into the forest of fireflies okay okay no phantom, doubt what like, about no phantom what about you Man, either Anohana or I want to eat your pinkies. Oh, but we haven't talked about Silent Voice yet. That no, Silent Voice is below. Barely. Uh, Silent Voice would be my number two. Probably, barely edging out is I want to eat your pinkies. That just mean that that wrecked me. <laughs> Speaking That's as fair. a fellow introvert, that kind of connected a little too much to the main character. It wrecked me. <laughs> F. Fair enough. And Flora, what about you? It would have to be either March comes in like a lion or your lion April. I just, I don't, yes, right, yes, 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 yes. Okay. Holy fuck. Flora, fuck yes. <laughs> okay. First off. I'm just, I'm just not the person <laughs> I was before I watched those two animes, and I will never oh. be that person again. Okay, okay. March like comes in like a lion. I was emotionally destroyed. Fucking a godsend. I love that show so much. Binge the whole thing in like three days. Love the whole thing so much. But then more specifically, and more importantly, Your Lion April. This is the one I wanted to fucking talk about for a second here, okay? Oh, so... <laughs> So this show, this show fucked me up, okay? Because I watched this I watched this up I watched this years ago, okay? So let's let's give let's give some context for this, okay, when I was watching. So this was back when I had just probably only watched like Naruto, Sword Art Online, maybe like Death Note and Attack on Titan. That actually definitely not Attack on Titan. So it might I don't know. It was very, very early in my anime watching, okay? So the concept of a show having light, bubbly, and like fun moments, but also potentially having an, a sad ending, didn't even cross my mind, all right? So I went into this show blind as a fucking bat, and my god, did I get hit in the back like a fucking truck with that ending. Totally just ignorantly bla blasted through all of the red flags that she was going to die. Blasted through fucking everything that was <laughs> saying that this show was going to have a horrible ending, a sad ending. Blasted through all of that. Didn't, didn't give anything like that, even the se a second thought. And You're when that long. shit... And when that shit hit, let me tell you, I was down for the count for a week. That shit wrecked my ass. <laughs> You're Honestly, a fucking Sam, moron, Sam. I was, I was kind of the same. I did watch this like, or like a couple years ago, and like, I didn't ignore the red flags, but I did think that she would still survive. You know, like I still had hope that there'd be a happy ending. Oh my god. But there was no happy ending. Oh god, no. <laughs> the farthest thing from it. <laughs> okay. First I want to say Ride Your Wave was that for me. I thought it was like a happy, cute, little warm romance, and it, it just wasn't. <laughs> um, but in terms of Your Lie in April, it took me four months to get through that. Because it wasn't gripping me. And I think I got a, I think I got a little bit teary eyed at the end, maybe question mark, probably not. But I mean, I just knew from the get go what was going to happen, which 
you know, normally doesn't really change a thing because it's still sad. But uh, I think because it was so tough for me to get through the show is why it didn't hit as hard. You know what I think I'm starting to realize about you, Kaniki? I think it has to do with the maturity levels of the characters to whether or not you get invested into them. Ooh, hot take. Be more so specific. I, so, so I think specifically because take Anohana or take uh, Your Lion April, like even though Anohana, those kids might be 16, 17, they, it, it feels like they act like they're in middle school. And then obviously the Yorna Lion April characters, they are in middle school. They're very immature in how they act versus something like I want to eat your pancreas. They may be in high school. Those kids don't act like they're in high school. They act like they're full, full fucking grown adults. Like the way they handle their emotions and the way that they're able to like fully communicate with each other. That's not something you do in high school at all. At do least you not think most that a silent voice is similar. To a degree, because at least with the inner monologues, that's a lot of like deep soul searching that 99.9% of high schoolers never do until right. they're much older. I think you're yeah. right about the maturity level thing. That's why I didn't connect with the characters in Anohana, because they just act like they're fucking nine, and it made exactly. me mad. Exactly. I think that works in Anohana's favor. Now that Sam like explained that for you, like I'm, I'm much w- more willing to forgive you. <laughs> But I think it was purposeful writing that they were more immature because that's what trauma does to you. Like, you get... No, oh, yeah. I mean... And yeah, no, that no. was shown in a lot of the characters. They were stuck. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm certainly not trying to trash on the writing of the characters that are immature. They're there, they're there to be immature yeah. for a reason. I'm just saying from Kaniki's own personal viewpoint of enjoyment of a show, I just felt like she just didn't connect with them because of their maturity level, that's all. Yeah, I think you're right. Wow, look at us go. Finding new things about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Flora uh, and Phantom. A little soul searching. <laughs> what shows came out of left field for you or movies that you didn't expect to be sad but were? I don't know about shows in general, but there were moments in non-sad shows that would come out of left field. Uh, the one that primarily speaks to my mind <laughs> so back in high school i was reading naruto weekly and so Jesus. i was invested in it and when neji died i was wrecked man. oh god dude <laughs> you want to talk about a disservice to it just oh just oh my god to a main character basically so disrespectful <laughs> Like it, it did. It has a shock value. Like it was like, oh damn. But yeah, that's. Ugh. I mean, like he got like a handful of minutes in the anime. So I'm curious from the manga standpoint, what did he get? Like four frames, like four, like four, maybe like two pages. The uh, the chapter ended on it, and so you're just left there the whole week stewing on it, and uh... that's that's like I talked to Kaniki about it. That's how it worked well in chapter format, weekly format, and it didn't so well in anime in that you did have the whole week to digest and be just like, holy shit. Uh, This character that was with us from the beginning since forever is gone. Dead. (laughs) So that's just just some poor fucking... uh, I guess... I guess animation direction a little bit from a... If you read the manga not week to week, like, say you're binging the manga, I think it should still have the same effect. Like, they need to figure out a way to give uh, some type of grieving time, even for those who aren't week to week. So it sounds like it was a flaw in the manga also. It's just that Phantom was reading it week to week. To play, I, I agree with you, but to play devil's advocate just for a sec, I think a little, it is tough. I will give a little sympathy to the writer because... This was war. It's tough to like give a break when you are literally in the middle of war. It's not like they can be like, "Oh, a main character just died. Let's like take a pause and like not fight." You know? Yeah, I, I agree. And they did the same thing with like Shikamaru and Ino's dads. Like they rose up in the war arc and they fell in the war arc. And 
It was just, it was war. That's what I happened. I just didn't like how Naruto and Hinata were holding hands, finding their romance over his dead body. That was I was a like, seriously? <laughs> oh my god, Naruto! Naruto! Like, dude, like, not appropriate. Like, maybe you can't, maybe you can't stop, but don't be like, like, dry humping over his dead body. Yeah, dude. Like, he wasn't a fucking tool for you two to realize your fucking feelings or whatever the fuck. God damn it. (laughs) And then, and then, later in Shippuden, when Neji appears to Rock Lee to help him with the wedding. Okay, we don't talk about that. We do not talk about that. Is that I think a fucking it's joke? Technically canon. I don't know. It is. It is canon. I I we're not talking about That's fucking stupid. There's we'll a get, reason we'll that, why we'll, I stopped we'll that watching the anime day. since the Asuma arc. Oh, There's God. a reason for it. <laughs> okay, Flora, you're fucking left field anime. Oh yeah. It was my roommate is a cat. I cried at that. Yeah. I don't know if any of you guys. I have. I've watched. I watched the. I actually watched that week to week. Yeah, I don't know. I maybe I was just like extra sad as I watched it, but it just made me cry when you saw his parents' ghosts watching over him. I was gone. That was it. Dude. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Classroom. Oh wait, no, that one. It's that one. I take that. Okay. Assassination oh, classroom. Oh my god. You wanna talk about an ending that like you like ignored every single red flag for and you just said fuck it because it's a cute fucking shonen like slash slice of life series. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that one hits you like a sack of fucking I, bricks. I don't think I watched any anime after that for like a month. <laughs> I needed I needed time. I needed time. Literally, it's like he said he was gonna die the whole episode, yep. right? But you're like, ah, yep. they're gonna find a way to save him. Like, you know right? what I mean? He's a literal you're like then, he's a literal god, basically. Come hold on. on. And then you find out that he was hot, which I don't know how you guys <laughs> but that made it hit so oh. much. Better. Oh, I see how it is. Oh my goodness. <laughs> oh yeah, it's more sad when attractive people die. <laughs> <laughs> have you guys watched Gurren Lagann? No, I've not. It's no. really high ranked on Mal, though. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you guys should. Can't spoil it now, but a high profile character dies in there, like in the middle. And you're like, this isn't real, right? And, right? Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Continue, continues to doubt, hoping something changes. Yeah. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. And Dude, it, how do you spell that? It's like it's the most high stakes death I've ever seen in anime because he's a titular character, and you just assume he has plot armor until he doesn't. Okay, so here's here's another show. Who here's watched Maiden Abyss? I've been no. recommended to it so hard, and I just haven't had time to watch. No it one sounds familiar, but I don't. Oh, think okay. I am going to require each and every one of you here. You have to watch Maiden Abyss. It's on my list. First off, just absolutely gorgeous anime. Like the key, the character design is something that a lot of people will complain about because it's a little chibi esque. Um, however, once you get to about like episode five or six, when they actually start to explore the abyss, uh, that chibi art style starts to become a lot more dark, gruesome, and horrifying. And let me tell you, episode, I think it's like the episode end of 10, maybe 11, something like that, nearing the end of the first season, uh, you will not be prepared. You will not be prepared for the, um, for the fucking emotional bomb that would just go off in your face. Is it completed? No. So the first season's finished, and then they made a movie which covers the following arc, similar to how Demon Slayer did it, and then season two has been confirmed, I believe, for 2022? Don't quote me on that, though. Okay. 
Yeah, I'll watch it. Okay. Okay, Sam, your name is just simply not a sad movie. Okay. Yes and no. It's an emotionally invigorating movie. Like you've it makes me feel a lot of things. It sadness being one of those emotions in in times, but it's a lot more than that. I only had that in there because it made me cry. Not necessarily just from it being sad, but from me being happy, sad, wanting to be happy with a, in a relationship, anything remotely close to that. There's a lot of emotions going on from that show, and that's why I had that like on our list. I was going to ask, do you guys think that sub like versus dub, one is more sad than the other? No. Not really. I'll be honest, I've only watch that anime dub. So, I mean, I was I was forced to watch dub for a couple of things just because of the availability. Like, for instance, I had to watch Wolf Children dubbed because it was just not available anywhere subbed uh, legally. So when I rented it, I had to rent it and watch it in dub. Um, legally, as if that stopped anyone. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I like to I like to think that I'm helping out some of the creators and when in all reality all that money's getting pocketed by big businesses anyway. Regardless, at, at the very least, at least I make sure to have to watch a fucking 480p ripoff. So I have one more one more anime that destroyed as I was. Has anybody watched the Bunny Girl Senpai movie? No. There's a movie? Yeah. Oh, Fantastic. that's the one that's wrecked me. Like, oh, Bunny is Senpai. The best one of the series oh, so dude. far. You're the mysterious thought... girl. Yeah, it's her oh, arc. What? That's the best arc of the whole I fucking series. That was his oh, own God. shit. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, dude. Damn. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, good luck watching that, my guy. Oh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, I know you're not a fan of Bunny Girl. Get off my back. <laughs> and that is fine. That's okay. I implore you, you watch the whole series, give the movie a shot. Because the movie is easily the best arc of the whole series, including the first the three episodes. Show, dude. It was the second anime I'd ever watched, third anime I'd ever watched in my fucking life. So I'll give it another shot. And if I hate it again, I'll be sure to come back with a more detailed reason for why I hate it. I would love to hear it, honestly. Uh-oh. Okay, who's the biggest pussy out of us? <laughs> uh, it's Mere Phantom. <laughs> I was going to say Mere Flora, but if Sam wants Actually, to throw his hat in that ring... <laughs> no, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Definitely not going to Sam <laughs> cries for no fucking reason. <laughs> Literally constantly. <laughs> I you cried say it's at... definitely not me? It's Yo, definitely I, not. You didn't cry at fucking so many shows. What do you mean it's you? Yeah, get out of here, Kaniki. It's not you. Get out of here. <laughs> Sometimes I cry to moving classical music, okay? Like, get out of here. Yeah, I might have to go with Phantom on this one. He yeah. said he cried five times and I want to eat your pancreas. I cried yeah. one time. So. So my vote was either me or Phantom. Phantom's vote was either him or Flora. Flora, what was your vote? Right now, there's two votes for me, so right. I'm clearly winning. I don't. I don't know. Flora doesn't give a fuck. Like. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then Kaniki, you said you're voting for Phantom or me. I just like I don't really know because like I make fun of Sam you all the time. For being such a fucking bitch boy. But then when I heard he cried five times during I Wanna Eat Your Pancreas, how many times did you cry, Sam? <laughs> it's I love three, this measure. <laughs> three or three or three and a half. Cause like one of them was like <laughs> there was a tear. It was there, but like it just didn't it didn't wanna it didn't wanna come out. <laughs> I might have to go with Phantom purely based off of that. I think you're both pussies personally, but <laughs> Which is fine. We're like, emotionally intelligent. Emotional. <laughs> I know. But They're I empathic. Just, okay. okay. <laughs> they have empathy. 
this might be a little bit too empathic. <laughs> I'm thinking five. To- All right, let, let, oh, let me okay. just bring oh, in the toxic masculinity. I here. wasn't this saying that. Want. This is what you want. Oh my god. Be better. I literally was just about to say before you guys jumped on my fucking dick <laughs> that it's fine. It's not necessarily a bad thing. But it's still funny because I just cannot imagine being that wrecked over shit. Yep. But, I say, man, when you get invested, you're invested. Oh, tr- listen, we've all been there, dude. Into the Force <laughs> of Fireflies, everyone. Watch it. It's not the same as Grave of the Fireflies, which I did not watch for a very specific reason. They're different movies. Yeah. All right. Well, oh, congratulations, me. Phantom, on being crowned the biggest crybaby. Yeah, and as I mop up this river of tears that has collected in my room, probably time to say goodbye. That's it. Today's episode. Follow the podcast, like, comment, share, and subscribe, of course, to TikTok and Instagram at Loser Cartoons Podcast and on Twitter at Loser Cartoons with a Z. And great news, uh, Kaniki also recently set up a YouTube channel, so go search for us on there as well to, for all your awesome anime needs. We'll keep you updated on our Anchor homepage, as well as our fabulous ramen blog that we should probably update soon. So check us out on our Twitter bio, and I think that's all the plugs I need. Later, losers. (laughs) Oh, boy.